Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to episode five of Whatever is True. It is Foxy here and it's... Tala. That's right. We're both very excited that you are listening to another week of uh, Filling Your Minds with Good Things from John's Gospel, which is the book we're currently studying at church. And this week we've decided to, you know, come from on high and talk about heaven, heaven in John's Gospel. And uh, before we kind of go too much further, a little definition maybe for heaven is if you think heaven, think it's where God is. Um, sometimes this happens with my kids, actually. They go, where's heaven? I say, where, where God is. And they say, oh, okay, where's God? And I say, oh, in heaven. And we just do circular conversations like, but, you know, where, heaven, where God is. And particularly in John, heaven is in contrast to the earth. And I reckon as we go through this episode, that will become even clearer as we go along, um, that strong contrast between heaven and earth. But TK, I'm going to throw to you, uh, tell us how does the Gospel of John start uh, with us in the heavens? Yeah, I think this has been something this time reading John's Gospel that's really stood out to me. I think talking to you, Fox, it's something that you've been struck by too, haven't you? About Yeah, yeah. Especially in chapter six, actually, which where you just the bread from heaven, bread from heaven, bread from heaven. You just can't get enough of the heaven stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's heaps, heaps of heaven uh, references in John. Um, And even though it's not like when we think of John, it's always good to talk about the prologue because so much of what happens in the prologue is carried through. And even though that word isn't there right at the beginning, we, we do like John's gospel starts us off so differently to all the other gospels, doesn't it? You know, they start, Mm. Um, with a birth narrative or um, straight into Jesus' earthly ministry in Mark's gospel. But John really um, casts our eyes really high up to where God is in the heavenlies and um, and says, okay, here is, th- this is Jesus. He is the word. He is the eternal word of God and he's the light. And And like we've said in the past, it's all in this Genesis kind of language, Genesis 1 language. Um, and when you think of Genesis and you think of like, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, you think of what's in the heavens, you have the light, right? Like the, the lights that um, are in the sky. And now that language of light is now coming into the world as a man. Here is the man, the heavenly man who's coming into the world. And, and throughout John's gospel, we, we kind of get this reference to Jesus as the light, and I, and I think this is a this is a heavenly light. He he is coming in, um, and then there's that big shock where this eternal word of God um, in John one comes and makes his dwelling amongst man, and there's just it's such a shock, right? It's it is such a shock that that man the that God the eternal eternal God would come into this world and maybe I think as Christians maybe the shock value um for those you know who've been Christians for a while we we forget the shock value that the eternal God steps into time and if you talk to um Muslims really this is something that they really really bulk out like they're like how how can you say that about God the eternal God um, being a man, it's it's scandalous, and and it is it is such a scandalous gospel that that we have um, because yeah, you've got eternity, eternal God now in time as a man, and it just kind of really um, 
humbles us. And throughout, throughout John's gospel, we're just reminded of again and again where Jesus has come from. He is, like you said, in John 6, but it's, it's also in so many other chapters that he is from heaven. He has come from heaven. Um, he has come from the Father. And, and John 1 really reminds us of that. That's why he comes with authority. Um, so, so, yeah, I think mm. it really shapes our response to Jesus, doesn't it? He's, yeah. Yeah, I think, so. and I, I think along the way as well, it's one of the things that the Jews in John really can't, they really struggle with it. Uh, they, they can't get their heads around that Jesus will say, I'm from heaven or really I'm from God. Um, and so you can see it's a sticking point for them. And, I, and I, maybe we do lose it a bit, but it's a really significant thing. Um, and I, I was just thinking, like John 6 again, but he says, Jesus says in verse 51, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. Okay, that's huge. Um, whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And so not only did this eternal one enter the world, but I think John 6, 51 is saying the one from heaven will die for the world, which is mm. taking it to a whole other level. Yeah, it's, it's big. <laughs> um, and maybe that's something that helps us. If we keep reading through John, just keep remembering he is the one from heaven and all the things that he's doing are, are is that that person? Um, it's a really significant thing. Mm. Um, yeah, moving along, kind of into a, the next part of John after the prologue, we have the baptism. Uh, I mean, what what kind of things do we learn there, TK? Yeah, I think baptism. I think you you we continue to see just that he Jesus is that heavenly man, um, and he has God's endorsement he has heavenly endorsement and at the baptism like twice when uh he's uh, it's mentioned that the spirit descended from um well i saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him and then again a bit later in verse 33 he on him you see the spirit descend and remain this is he who baptizes with the holy spirit um and so you see okay that descending from heaven um the spirit um, endorsed ministry, the spirit, um, like filled ministry of Jesus, um, is here and he is that heavenly man, um, that we have to look to. And really in contrast to any other person, like, you know, John had a really impressive ministry in many ways, but, um, Jesus is, um, Jesus comes as the heavenly one. And John is very aware of it, which is why he's like, oh yeah, I know I, I need to, I need a decrease. He needs to increase. That's that's the way this goes because everyone needs to be looking to him, the one who comes with the spirit of God. And um, and you kind of see it again right at the end of that chapter, I think, uh, with that really cool reference in 51. Uh, it's uh, Jesus says uh, to Nathaniel, I believe, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God descending, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So you have this picture of here is Jesus, the Son of Man, and he's the one who's opening up the way to heaven. You know, it's using this old um, reference from Genesis with Jacob, and it's saying he's the one that this all comes together and he's the one who actually opens up heaven to us. And Nathaniel, you're going to see it. And all readers of John are going to see it in Jesus. 
you had some thoughts about yeah. the Son of Man language in John because it does come up quite a bit, right? Yeah, I think the Son of Man language is really interesting. So uh, there's a there's a few occasions, and I don't know if it's always the case that Son of Man is trying to reference back to Daniel seven. Um, but in Daniel 7, verse 14, you can have a look in your Bibles if you want. I hope, I, I hope, I hope I've got the right thing. Well, you know, this is where I needed to mark my Bible before the <laughs> podcast. Um, Post a note. <laughs> yes. So you do have this one, like the Son of Man, before God. And he, yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. Let me just read verse 14. Uh, he was given, oh, he approached the Ancient of Days as was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. And I, like, if you've got that image in your background of this one who is before God in heaven, the Ancient of Days, and that kind of is in your head, when you read the Son of Man language, which I think is possible for those first readers of John, they would have, every time they heard the word Son of Man, they might have actually started thinking of this heavenly one uh, who was before God's throne. And um, uh, I, I, I think then at there's moments where you realise the language that Jesus chooses to use when he decides to use the Son of Man language, maybe what he's trying to do is to raise people's um, vision to who he is mm. the one who is from heaven mm. um and that takes on again some real big significance uh i'm still thinking about john 6 a bit but john six fifty three, very truly unless you eat the flesh of the son of man of the son of man and mm. drink his blood you have no life in you but i think at that point he's he is and the use of eating flesh and drinking blood i think it's kind of getting you to think about the cross again and again, it's kind of making you this big statement, like if you want to have access kind of to heaven or if you, or if you want to know who the person is who's dying for you, the heavenly one will give his flesh and pour out his blood for you. Um, and there's other points, I think, along the way where you can see that what Jesus offers when he decides to use the Son of Man language is he kind of is saying, hey, this is, this is how you can get access to heaven, um, mm. the one who's come from heaven who ends up laying his life down for you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, uh, I think we can, if we kind of move on from there as well, because I think chapter three is a pretty key one when we start thinking, uh, heaven and earth. I mean, what are some things that we get in, um, chapter three? Yeah, I think have yeah the the heaven and earth divide really gets spoken about at in this chapter, especially toward the end, and. I think important to remember that when in John's gospel, when we talk about the world and when we talk about the earth, they seem to have slightly different, like John loads them slightly differently. When we talk about the world, we, we're thinking it's it's dark and it is antagonistic to Jesus and yet he's, you know, he's come into the world. Um, with When it's using this earthly language, um, which comes up in like verse 31 um, at the end of chapter 3. Uh, let me read actually verse 31 um, and a bit after that. He goes, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. 
He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. And so what you see here is that heaven and earth divide. There are things that the earth, the things of this earth, cannot possibly understand the things of heaven. It, there's, it's just this, this huge, huge divide. And so the earthly speak in earthly ways. They cannot speak in heavenly ways. So the real shock here is that actually heaven has come into the earth and now there you have the heavenly one who does speak of heavenly things, of, of what he has actually seen and heard. So what he says then, we can trust it. He's a reliable heavenly witness. Um, and that's that's he stands in that breach, in that great divide. And, I mean, you see at the end, um, whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. So the logic is God is true. We know that God obviously is true. This guy, this heavenly man, he comes from God. And so, therefore, he is true. And so the way to access the heavenlies um, is to come through the heavenly man. It is to come through Jesus the one who speaks of heavenly things, the one who gives us the testimony of God, the one who speaks us of God and, and does nothing outside of God because you, you see he keeps talking, I mean, chapter 5 is really big on this, just that he does nothing on his own accord. He does only what his father um, has shown him. He he is the obedient son. So it's just, um, it's a really cool, um, I, I don't know, you just to see how gracious God is that he has breached that great divide, I think. And you see that how, how kind Jesus is to, to have come to earth to speak to us and, and, and show us what it is, what, who God is. Mm. Yeah. And I think I like three verse 13 kind of sums up that idea as well. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the son mm. of man. So, you know, bringing back in the son of man. Language. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's really helpful. I think it's a really helpful question to have or answer, really, to have in our mind when we're talking to our friends about Jesus. Because there, there is no one better qualified to talk about things of God than the one who's from God. Yeah. Um, in a similar way, you know, if someone wants to talk about life after death, there's only really one person you can talk to or find mm. out about life after death. And that is Jesus himself. He's the only one who's come back uh, from the from the grave yeah. and so he he's uniquely qualified to mm. give us information about things that we really need to know the one who is in heaven only go to jesus if the one who has life and life ever only can go to jesus because he's that person the one from heaven mm. um yeah i, I yeah it's, it's a it's a it's a big thing to keep hot clinging on to really that um he's the one that we can find out all the, our answers that we need about God, um, which kind of maybe takes us into our last little thought for the day, really. And, you know, when you think, John, how do you see the spirit and his help in this task of knowing the one from heaven? Yeah. Yes. This is a good question. I guess John 3 is a good place to go. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Need to be born from above, born of the spirit. Um, so, 
you know, Jesus tells us exactly what we need. We need the spirit. And as we go through John's gospel, um, you see that he is the one who it's actually as he dies and rises again and ascends, it's then that the spirit comes to give spiritual sight. And so what Jesus is doing is he's actually making a way uh, for us to um, be able to have the spirit of God. Um, that's his mission because without the spirit, how can we understand the things of God? We just can't. There's no human logic is going to get us there. Um, I think that's the, the one of the really cool things of like chapter nine, um, which we're getting up to this week in church, uh, which is the healing of the blind man. Um, and Jesus heals him right at the start of the chapter. And then there's like a number of, verses in which um everyone's wondering the pharisees especially you know how can this man see they don't believe that it actually happened they don't think that it, um they think the man's lying they bring in his parents they ask is did this actually happen and anyway uh in the end uh, as as the man is being interrogated and his parents are being interrogated the man is kind of going oh jesus uh this guy he's he's got to be from god you know how can he do such a thing unless he's from God. Um, and so he he warms to Jesus um, and he comes at the very end of that chapter, Jesus finds him. After all of these interrogations have taken place, Jesus comes to him and says to him, do you believe you'll like this fox because it's got son of man? Do you, do you believe in the son of man? And he says, tell me so I can believe in him. And And Jesus says, well, actually the one that you've seen the one who's talking to you right now is is he and so what the man needed to see jesus clearly for who he is is for jesus to reveal himself to him and um that's what the spirit does without the spirit of god we cannot see the things of god and and that's the problem with the crowds that follow jesus for a sign they're thinking I think Nathan Millam used this term belly thoughts in his in his sermon um, when we got to um, that chapter. They were thinking with belly thoughts, they're thinking with earthly thoughts, um, but actually it's only by the spirit we can understand heavenly things. Um, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> there's probably so much to say, but do you have thoughts on that, Fox? Oh, it's, a, it's just something that struck me as you were talking, actually, just thinking that this, and you've said it a few times through this, podcast but the idea that the spirit is coming from above or the spirit is from heaven and then uh you know once jesus is glorified and he goes to heaven again the spirit comes from above to us mm. and so there's a kind of continuity of that ministry of the heavens being open to us through the spirit yes uh which yeah i i think it i don't know i, I probably don't think often enough that the, the spirit is this I often think he's doing the work of convincing me of the truth, but I probably haven't thought as much of him as being the heavenly, the, I don't know if I can use this language, the new heavenly one who is now with us, opening the heavens to us. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, and, you know, how much we desperately need him to do that. Because mm. otherwise we'll just get stuck in our own earthly thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's really cool because we're, we're only halfway through, John, right? And I, the back end of John has a whole lot more to say about the Spirit. So I'm looking forward to getting to that point because uh, we're just going to, I think we're going to be amazed. 
Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I think, uh, yeah, John does give so much great clarity uh, to the work of the spirit, which is something I think we really do need to consider. Um, so, yeah, I'll come back, people. Uh, well, I expect that you'll be back for term, the second term of John, but also in our podcast, we'll delve a bit more into the role of the spirit as well. Um, but I think that's, up, that's it for us today. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed thinking more about uh, the one from heaven. And uh, maybe uh, as you read through John, every time you notice that word heaven, underline it, mark it, uh, and see what significance is that adding uh, to the text or adding to your understanding of Jesus. And I reckon that'll be a really fruitful exercise. But until uh, next time, see you later. Bye.